You are listening to the Berman Method podcast featuring Dr. Jake Berman and Jenny Berman, physician assistant, where we treat problems, not symptoms. Hi, team. Great. I hope everybody's doing well. Or should I start out by saying, all right, all right, all right, here we are. So Jenny here doing the podcast today by myself. We are going to be talking about five ways to prevent weight gain. So this is going to be a little in depth and we'll touch on all the ways which eventually we will go even more in depth on each of these things that we're going to discuss today. But this is for those of you who may be postpartum, postmenopause, or just have this long-term history of abdominal weight, mostly around the midsection. There's a lot of things that can go into the abdominal weight, but it tends that they all fall back on three primary issues. Now, we're going to go through those three issues, and then after that, I'm going to tell you five good tips to help with preventing weight gain or um, maybe even to help you lose the weight in the abdominal area if you already have it there. So the three things that I'm going to talk about first, these are the three main causes of weight gain. Now, of course, it's not the only ones, but three primary things that a lot of other issues or other reasons that you gain weight end up falling back into these three categories of some kind. So the first thing that we're going to talk about is insulin resistance. You've heard us talk or mention insulin resistance the past couple of weeks or another name for it may be metabolic dysfunction or prediabetes or diabetes. So insulin resistance is essentially a metabolic dysfunction where our body does not metabolize carbohydrates or sugar efficiently. This is something that can occur later in life, like in our 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s. It can be something that starts early in life, like when we go through puberty around age 12, 13, 14. Typically, the signs of insulin resistance are going to be things like craving carbohydrates and sugar, abdominal weight, headaches that happen throughout the day, fatigue or interrupted sleep can be a sign of this, sleep apnea. So for those of us who have had a sleep study done and have to wear one of those machines on our face at night to help us breathe, that is a side effect of insulin resistance. And actually, it can go vice versa. Sleep apnea can actually cause insulin resistance too. Adrenal fatigue or hormonal changes that occur can actually be symptoms of insulin resistance in addition to causes of insulin resistance. So you can see how a lot of this is just like a a vicious cycle. Other symptoms can be things like fatty liver disease. If you've gone to the doctor and your doctor tells you, you need to stop drinking alcohol, and you say, I don't drink alcohol, but your liver enzymes are elevated. Well, this can be a sign of insulin resistance and actually could also be a sign of food allergies, but we'll talk about that later. So anyways, the point of all this is there's many symptoms that can occur from insulin resistance and can also cause insulin resistance to worsen. But again, you know, these are symptoms that the doctors are just throwing medications at and not fixing the actual problem of the insulin resistance. So 
what happens is the blood sugar is unstable. The blood sugar is rising and falling every time we eat. It goes way up. It goes way down. We don't eat often enough. We're eating the wrong things. And again, this is causing that severe instability of the blood sugar. We had touched on previously that hormonal changes can lead to this problem. So it may not, you know, be something that you're actually doing, but internally is happening. When the blood sugar rises and falls so drastically, it actually worsens the insulin resistance. So our body starts releasing more insulin. We crave more of the carbohydrates and sugar, and then we're back into this vicious cycle. Well, what happens internally when we have a slower metabolism or when we're not metabolizing the sugar efficiently, the sugar actually builds up on the outside of the cells inside the body. So we have cells all over. The glucose or the sugar builds up on the outside of the cell, and that glucose or sugar ends up turning to fat, most commonly in the abdominal area. So now you're seeing where this rising and falling of the blood sugar is causing our body to release more insulin, store more sugar, and then that sugar turns to fat. Well, how do we get rid of this? I mean, we have to break this vicious cycle, and there's certain ways to do that with the macronutrients, meaning the protein, the carbohydrates, and the fats in your diet. So getting that right balance of macronutrients helps to break this vicious cycle. We need to utilize food for fuel or for energy rather than allowing it to store as sugar, which turns to fat. We can reverse insulin resistance. So we will talk more about that as we go through. Now, The next main topic or main causes of weight gain is something that a lot of us might have and don't even know we have, but vitamin deficiencies. And this typically comes down to a leaky gut or a gut permeability or IBS or irritable bowel syndrome, these things that where our body is not absorbing properly because of gut inflammation and damage to the gut lining, allowing the particles to seep through the gut lining and then we're not absorbing it. So when we have a leaky gut or inflammation there and we're not absorbing our nutrients, then we get things like vitamin deficiencies of B12 deficiency, vitamin D deficiency, a magnesium deficiency, all vitamins that are really, really important to the metabolism and keeping the body fueled appropriately. Other things like iron, Things like iron is really important to help with the metabolism and to give us energy and to keep us going. So when our body is not absorbing nutrients through the small intestine because of the leaky gut and food sensitivities, then that can also lead to abdominal weight as well. So the cure to that is identifying where this inflammation is coming from, what is causing the gut permeability or leaky gut to where then we don't absorb the nutrients the way we should be and efficiently. And then by healing the gut, the body will actually start to absorb better. Now, in the interim, we may need to take vitamins to help with with the absorption or to boosting these levels. 
Now, the third thing that can cause weight gain, of course, everybody knows is calories in, calories out. Now, I've said before, I don't focus on calories. I want to focus on the macronutrients, meaning the protein, the carbohydrates, the fats. If these numbers are where they should be, the insulin resistance is going to improve and a majority of the autoimmune symptoms that we have will improve. Now, but I just said calories in, calories out matters when it comes to weight gain or weight loss. Well, it's true. You know, we have to be in a calorie deficit in order to lose weight, or we have to be in a neutral stance of calories in, calories out to not gain weight. If your macronutrients are in line with where they should be for your body and your metabolism, the calories are going to fall into place. Now, when we talk about macronutrients with clients, we personalize the macronutrient recommendations based on their medical history, their activity level, their medications, their work, you know, what they're doing all day, all of this plays into where your macronutrients should be. And then we also line this up with your goals. Is your goal to gain muscle? Is your goal to lose weight? Do you want to lose abdominal weight? Do you want to tone up? All of this plays into getting the right macronutrients, which then will allow your calories to fall into place. Now, sure, other things affect the weight loss other than calories, again, like your age, your hormones, how much you're moving, your exercise. So we we take all this into consideration when we're developing the right goals for you. So with all that being said, there's three main issues that can cause the weight gain. The insulin resistance, vitamin deficiencies, which essentially comes from leaky gut or gut permeability, and then are your calories or macronutrients falling into place? So then, you know, going on, I'm going to talk about the five ways that we can help to reduce weight gain, the five ways to reduce the likelihood of weight gain, or you may be able to instill these into your daily plan to help you with losing weight. So first thing we're going to talk about is going back to that insulin resistance. We want to reduce the sugar in our diet, easy said, right? Easier said than done, to reduce the sugar in the diet to help with improving insulin resistance. Well, if it were that easy, Jenny, you know, I wouldn't need you if it was just cut out the sugar and I'll be good to go. I get it. It's hard. It is a metabolic dysfunction when you are craving carbohydrates and sugar. There is a reason that you are craving these things. Now, I mentioned that insulin resistance or diabetes or prediabetes can happen in our 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s. But really, we're, what we eat in our 20s and 30s sets ourselves up for what happens in our 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s when the diabetes actually shows up. So by you know, starting young and cutting out the sugar, that's going to help with later on in life. I mentioned earlier that improving your macronutrients, the protein, the carbs, and fat balance in your diet will help you to not crave the carbohydrates and sugar. 
So one big factor is ensuring enough protein in your diet, eating enough protein, which doesn't have to be meat. You don't have to eat a bunch of steak or, you know, chicken and broccoli all the time to get your protein in. We have plenty of vegetarians and vegans that can reach their protein intake for the day, but coming up with convenient or tasteful things that have more protein and eating that every two to three hours throughout the day is really going to help with improving the blood sugar instability and the sugar cravings. With that being said, we have to, you know, really try to watch where we're getting the carbohydrates in the diet. I don't know if you know, but things like bread, pasta, rice, potatoes, chips, crackers. This is all sugar. Carbohydrates and sugar are interchangeable, essentially. If I say carb, I mean sugar. If I say sugar, I mean carb. It doesn't just have to be things like pastries, chocolate, candy. Even fruit is a sugar or a carbohydrate. So you have to be very careful on your fruit servings. So watching the sugar intake, ensuring enough protein in your diet is going to help with improving that insulin resistance, which is going to help with improving the likelihood of weight gain. Tip number two that I say over and over and over again to my clients, are you drinking enough water? Dehydration can cause a lot of symptoms, the main one being fatigue. If you're tired, you are probably not drinking enough water. Constipation, muscle cramps, slow metabolism, weight gain, all of these things can be related to dehydration. The water intake is just so, so important, especially if we are being active, if we live in a hot environment, if you are eating more protein in your diet, which you should be, you got to hydrate even better for the bowels. So if you're not getting, and again, this really depends on the person, but I will generally say 80 to 100 ounces of water. Now, if you're someone that has kidney issues, you should not be drinking that much. If you're someone that works outside, you should probably be drinking more. So that is, you know, a, a something that needs to be personalized, but generally speaking, you're probably not drinking enough. People tell me all the time, I drink a lot. I I drink water all day long. It's the only thing I drink besides my coffee in the morning. And then when I actually have them count their ounces, they're really only getting half of what they should be in a day. And by the way, coffee and beer, even light beer, doesn't count in your water intake. So Water is going to improve so many things, including the skin, headaches, bowel movements, energy, sleep. So really making sure you're drinking enough water to also help with preventing weight gain. We talked a little bit about gut health. The gut, which I told you in previous weeks, I could talk about forever and ever and ever, so I'll try to make this short, but the gut or the intestines is your second brain. You have your normal brain and then you have your gut, which is your second brain. You have to have a healthy gut to prevent inflammation, to absorb your vitamins and nutrients as we already discussed, and to help with the metabolism and making sure that it's working efficiently. If we 
have a leaky gut and have this inflammation that typically will lead to antibodies, which are little inflammatory markers that go and attack other areas of our body. So it's attacking things like our thyroid or our brain or our skin or the stomach, the joints, you know, this could go on and on forever but it also affects the metabolism. If the body is constantly concerned about the inflammation that is internal, the metabolism is not going to be worried about burning fat. It's going to be more worried about are your organs functioning the way that they should be. So improving your gut health by identifying food sensitivities, taking some gut healing supplements for a short period of time is going to significantly improve the energy that your body has to then be able to burn fat or to increase your metabolism. The next tip to preventing weight gain or to help with losing weight is to make sure you're moving every day. We talked about calories in, calories out. We have to be in a calorie deficit to be able to lose weight. So by if you are primarily sedentary in your job, sitting a lot, I get it. I do. You know, I walk to the front of my office and back to pick up clients back and forth, but that's about it for the day unless I consciously make an effort to go out for a 10-minute walk at least three times a day. So start your day off with your workout or at least a 10-minute walk or bike ride. Take a 10-minute walk at lunch. Take a 10-minute walk before or after dinner. Use your bug spray if you're in Southwest Florida in the middle of June. But we have to move every day to be able to create more of that calorie deficit. People ask me all the time, well, how much do I need to exercise? And really, it depends where your macros are. You know, we can base your your macros off of your movement. But getting up and doing something is going to help with that deficit. In addition, getting up and moving is going to keep you moving. The point is, if you stop moving, you're going to lose it. You're going to get stiff if you're not moving. You're not stiff because you're aging. You're stiff because you haven't been moving. So, you know, if you want to keep getting down on the floor and playing with your grandchildren, or if you want to be able to walk the zoo with your family when you're 85 or 90, you got to keep moving. So not only for the weight, but for your body as well. The last tip that I'm going to give you to help with preventing weight gain or to help with weight loss is make sure you're getting adequate rest. Yeah, easy to say, right? Get in bed earlier, sleep more. But then, you know, you're like, well, I wake up at two o'clock every morning or four o'clock every morning and I can't go back to sleep or I have trouble falling asleep. Well, guess what? This typically all goes back to number one, blood sugar stability. Blood sugar stability is a huge factor in being able to sleep through the night, believe it or not. So if you're having difficulty sleeping, then, you know, go back to step number one, focus on your sugar intake, your protein intake. But getting a normal REM cycle, which is the normal sleep cycle, is very important for stabilizing the cortisol level, which is a stress hormone, which causes abdominal weight gain. So sleeping is really important. Adequate sleep, you know, efficient, good sleep is really important to bring the cortisol levels down to prevent abdominal weight. In addition to being able to, for the body to rest is really important for the metabolism as well. 
So if you're not sleeping well, it could come down to the insulin resistance. It could come down to a vitamin deficiency like magnesium. Magnesium is a huge thing um, that can cause, if that's low, can cause interrupted sleep and muscle cramps and constipation. So again, these vitamin deficiencies can affect a lot of things or your cortisol could be elevated, which could come from stress or back to the insulin resistance. So again, this is all a vicious cycle. If you don't sleep, your insulin levels increase. If your insulin levels are high, you don't sleep. If you have a vitamin deficiency, you don't sleep. If you don't sleep, you can't have a healthy gut for vitamin absorption. It's all a vicious cycle. So we just have to work on each individual step, each individual tip, and they will kind of turn into a positive cascade in fixing each other. All right, so we have the three main causes of weight gain, which is going to be your insulin resistance, your vitamin deficiencies, which comes from a leaky gut, and then your calories not being in a calorie deficit or your calories in exceeding your calories out. And then we have the five main tips to preventing weight gain or to help with weight loss, if you want to look at it that way. And that's going to be decreasing sugar improving your hydration, so making sure you're drinking enough water, proper fluid intake. Number three, improving your gut health, which is going to help with your vitamin absorption, moving every day to create that calorie deficit and ensure you're resting adequately so you're getting enough sleep to help with improving the cortisol. You can find all of this information in our weight gain free report. Uh, So this will be posted in the show notes. It's also posted on the website at bermanpt.com slash wellness. You can find the abdominal free report there as well. If you have any questions, you can email us, DM us, call us, you know, whatever works for you. Just let us know if you have any questions. If you are interested in learning more information about getting the right macronutrients for your body, let us know as well. We're happy to do that for you too, based on your specific medical history, movement, and medications, everything that goes into you. All right, so we're looking forward to seeing you or talking to you next week. Thank you for following along. Next week, Jake and I should be back together. All right, have a great day. For more information, view the show notes where you can email us, visit our website, or join us on social media.